Hello and welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. On Wisco Legacy, I talk to interesting, inspiring, and successful people from the great state of Wisconsin and hear all about their journey. You can find me on all the podcast platforms. I also have a video version of each podcast on YouTube. You can follow me along on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I also have a website, wiscolegacy.com. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, I'm Chris Bono. I'm the head wrestling coach, University of Wisconsin, and this is my Wisco Legacy. Uh, welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. On today's episode, we have the head wrestling coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, Chris Bono. Coach Bono, welcome to Wisco Legacy. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Um, today, we're going to talk about your journey to Madison, uh, the Badger wrestling program, and the 100-mile race you just completed with your associate head coach, uh, John Reeder. So to get started, um, what got you into the sport of wrestling? Oh, man, that's, we're going way back. Um, yeah. You know, I, um, I grew up in Pennsylvania, so um, it was like a Pop Warner type deal. My brother came home from school, and in his backpack was a, a piece of paper that, you know, basically said, um, you know, wrestling sign up Wednesday at 7 p.m. And, um, you know, my mom and dad read that to him, and he said, yeah, I want to go wrestle. So they took him there to sign up, and I tagged along. And, uh, you know, I was too young to, to really officially join that program, um, but not too young, you know, with all the age groups that were going on. And long story short is, is I stayed there when my dad left to uh, go home. And when he came home to pick up my, my brother, the coach came up to him and basically said, hey, this little guy jumped off the mat, uh, off the seat and we needed a partner and he's doing really good and pay me five more dollars and uh, we can sign the little guy up too. And my dad gave him five bucks and, you know, I guess the rest is kind of history. Awesome. You eventually moved down to Florida, correct? Correct. All right. You were a three-time state champ down correct. in Florida? All right. You ended up going to Iowa State, uh, three-time All-American national champion. Uh, talk about your, your time in Iowa State and um, winning that national title. What was that like? Yeah, my time at Iowa State was great. It was amazing. I loved it there. You know, I, I wound up meeting my wife. You know, I got a great education. Um, you know, I stayed there for a long, long time afterward and coached and trained and tried to make Olympic teams and um, it was amazing, you know, winning, winning the national championship was a, you know, an absolute dream come true. And, um, you know, I couldn't have done it without the coaches I had there. You know, my teammates are still some of my best friends to this day. So, you know, overall, man, a, a, a successful college um, journey. I think it's what every, every, you know, student athlete, what every wrestler would want out of their college experience. I got. You know, there was a ton of, you know, downfalls and adversity and homesickness and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it was just, you know, for me, amazing. Um, I was able to go so far away from home, fight through some homesickness, fight through being a terrible wrestler, having terrible results my first couple of years and being able to persevere. And, you know, I, I wound up winning national championship, All-American and making world teams out of that wrestling room in Ames, Iowa. So, um, you know, for me, my experience there was absolutely amazing. That's great. Um, can you talk about that transition from going from athlete to coach? Uh, it is, is a big transition, you know, as an athlete, you're focused a lot on yourself transitioning into a coach. You are focused on your athletes. Can you talk about that? Yeah. You know, um, if I had to do it over again, I'd do it um, probably a lot different, you know, but when I got hired, you know, my, my, my coach, my, my mentor, Bobby Douglas basically told me, you know, we've got the recruiting down. We've got this down. You go win gold medals. You know, you go win, go, you go make teams. That's how you're going to help this team. You train with them. You teach them how to work hard. You wrestle with them. And then you go out of this country and you go win gold medals. And that's what I did. I competed and I wrestled and I tried, you know, I didn't win any gold medals at the world's or Olympics, but 
I, um, I wrestled every single day, you know, for, I don't know how many years. And I, I trained and, you know, obviously I, 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 I did a lot more than that. You know, I, I got invested in the kids and I, I helped them and I did a lot of office work and things like that. But my main goal was to wrestle every day. And, you know, obviously times have changed a ton, you know, where I don't, I don't think you expect the coach now, you know, we, we, we have limited resources um, in terms of you need all hands on deck now with recruiting and things have gotten really good. But um, I, I think I would change things my first couple of years as, as a, as a, you know, a, 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 what do you call them now? Player slash coach. Yep. You know, I think that's what I was my first couple of years there. And, uh, you know, um, I was just following orders from my head coach, but now that I see, I'm on the other side of things as a head coach and I see, um, you know, how many, how, how much more I really probably could have helped the guys at a younger age and how much more I could have done for the program. Um, you know, I, I would change a couple of things, okay. but to go back, it's very, very hard. It's hard from going from being teammates to coach mm-hmm. and it's a delicate, delicate thing. But I also think it's a great bridge where these kids, you know, it's like, we have a young guy, Seth Gross, he was teammates at some of these. I think it's a great bridge that the, when these kids are a little afraid to talk, we're a little afraid to tell you what's going on. They can bridge it through a former teammate who can, you know, tell us really how these kids are feeling and how, what's going on. And, um, and then we can either get to the bottom of it and encourage them or, you know, you know, stay on the right path. Great. Uh, so you eventually became head coach of uh, Tennessee Chattanooga, correct? Correct. Yeah. How was that transition to go from, you know, athlete to assistant, you were assistant for about nine years or so at um, Iowa State. You know what? I was still competing actually too. Um, and it was amazing. You know, it was so amazing because everybody said you couldn't do it. I made a world team um, mm-hmm. as a head coach and um, everybody said you couldn't do it, but you know, I'm a little different. I'm a mm-hmm. little different than an average guy, you know, and um, you know, I'm not afraid to say that because I am, I'm a little different when I, when I, when I set my sights on something, right. You get 24 hours to do it. I didn't sleep much, right. My family life suffered. Um, but I set a goal to be the best head coach I could be to make sure I, 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 I did everything I could for my student athletes to make them uh, help them reach their goals. But I also wanted to be world Olympic champion. So I had to find time to do those things. And what I'm proud to say is I really truly believe in that, um, you know, year or two that I was doing that. Um, I really truly believe that the program, um, the kids did not suffer, right? There was never a time when it was like, I need to work out or, you know, the program was always first. And then, you know, you know, if I had to wrestle at nine o'clock at night, if my day was that busy, that's when I got my workouts in. Or if I had to get up at three in the morning, and get my work, that's when I did it. But I never let my training or anything like that um, affect, you know, my job or uh, of, of making sure that I, uh, I really prepared my student athletes. Great. Um, so I know you, you spent some time away from the sport of wrestling. You transitioned out. Um, talk about reasonings why you got out of the sport of wrestling and, and eventually what brought you back. Yeah, well, I, um, I went back to, to Iowa State as an assistant coach after being, um, you know, after Chattanooga. And, you know, things didn't work out there. And it was a, it was a very frustrating time in my life with, you know, my, comp- my, my, my competing career was, was, was winding down. Um, my coaching career, right. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, you know, it was, it was a time when it was like in August or I think, or something like that, where, you know, not many jobs were opened up in wrestling. And do I move my family again for like the 20th time? So, you know, I talked to some people outside of the sport and like, what do you think my next move should be? And a lot of them were like, you know, we're selling medical devices and making good money. And, and, um, you know, so it was kind of like, all right, I, you know, they said, you do great at it. And, I made that, made that, you know, luckily I was able to make that move and met a lot of great people along the way and people that helped me out. And, 
Um, and I did, I did really well, you know, selling medical devices and, um, but it was a challenge. That wasn't a challenge. It was a challenge more so of, uh, you know, mentally of, you know, re, you know, Fridays at five o'clock, I'm done. I don't have to do anything until Monday morning. You know what I mean? And I never in my life had that, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, we were wrestling, we were working, we were recruiting, we were going, you know, traveling. And it, it, it kind of mentally, it wore on me, it depressed me, you know, it was like, all right, Sunday at four o'clock. I was like, man, I got to go to work on Monday, you know? And um, it, it was, it was, I was good. I was good for a good year and I really enjoyed what I was doing. And then I got, then I got not stupid, but I got that itch. I went to the NCAA tournament. Like I told myself I wouldn't do, mm-hmm. you know, I started training some local high school wrestlers. I started training some fighters, you know, before I knew it, my day was, you know, getting up at three o'clock, getting my workout in, being in surgeries all day, seven, you know, getting done at five thirty at night, six o'clock at night, hurrying home, having a quick meal, going to the um, MMA gym and training local wrestlers and fighters from seven to ten thirty. You know, and I'm like, what am I? What am I doing? What is, you know, my my I, I I, and I was happy, like I was, I would have stayed there from seven to seven a.m. till I had to go to work. That's how you know, um, how happy I was training these fighters and training these kids and. And, um, it was like, man, I, I just think that my calling is to be in coaching. And, you know, I, I, I was, you know, I didn't know how I was going to get back in, if I was going to get back in. And, uh, luckily enough, I was able to get back in in South Dakota state and, uh, you know, and, 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 and as a head coach, right. That was, mm-hmm. um, could I go back and be an assistant coach somewhere? I don't know if I could have done that. And, um, you know, now that I got in it, I got into South Dakota state and, um, you know, things just kind of took off from there. It's hard to believe a guy that has so much passion for the sport of wrestling like you kind of cut ties a little bit for a little bit, came back and um, got that itch again. It, yeah, awesome. man, you know, I, I wouldn't say I got out of it, you know, um, you know, by choice. Right. It was kind mm-hmm. of a it was kind of a I'm out. I'm out. What do I do? And I, um, you know, I, I I I look back on it now and I'm very happy what I did because that, that, that 16, 18 months I was out of wrestling made me who I am today. It made me a better coach. It made me realize my, the passion I have for this sport, the passion I have for going to see donors, the passion I have for, for getting down and dirty with these kids and sweating and, you know, recruiting trips where you don't sleep and you drive through the nights. That's my passion. That's what mm-hmm. I want to do and where I want to be. And, and as I was doing that, um, before I got out, right, it was it was almost like you didn't enjoy it. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to do this or I got to go on the road or, you know what I mean? And it was like I was taking advantage of you know, the best jobs, the best, you know, this is the best job in the world. You know, being a college coach is the best job in the world. And uh, I was, I was taking it for granted. And then I got out and I realized the passion I have for what I do um, is I'll never take a day of work ever again for granted. I'll never take, you know, being around these kids and helping them develop their single leg for granted, you know, never trying to, you know, be a mentor to these kids and trying to, trying to, you know, make sure they accomplish their goals. And I will never take that for granted ever again, as long as I live. So you brought up family a few times. Um, I know you have a wife, you have a, a couple of daughters. Is that correct? Correct. Um, and you've moved across the country a few different times. Talk about what family means to you. Well, it means everything to me, right? At the end of the day, um, you know, I've been through some tough times, right? Some people don't know about them. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, I've only had a couple of people really by my side through these things, you know, the, the, the constants and that's my family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I've hurt them a bunch, right? The move from South Dakota to here was, it was, um, it was, it scarred my children. You know, my, I moved one in the middle of her, you know, going into her senior year 
And um, very, very hard. You know, I moved one who was a very good gymnastics at a great gymnastics place. And she had a future that was unbelievable. And I moved her here and it, it didn't work out here. Right. I, 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 I know those things. Um, and, and it hurt. Right. It hurt bad. And, um, you know, but for me, this opportunity has, you know, really set our family up and, you know, set us up to, to succeed in life. And, um, you know, it's been wonderful. And, you know, I, I, I can't thank them enough for trusting me, really. Right. I've moved my wife who knows how many times um, around right when she gets comfortable and has a ton of friends and is into her life and, you know, making, make, doing things, working jobs, right. We pick up and move. And, um, you know, I'm just thankful that they've been behind me and they've supported me and, you know, life is, life is really starting to be great again here. You know, both of my, my kids are now enrolled here at the university of Wisconsin. I get to have lunch with them. You know, they show up in my office to do the study. I see them almost every single day while they're in college. And, you know, I, I, I just saw one now before I came here, we were on campus, um, you know, and she texted me, she said, Hey, are you busy? I, I got an hour for lunch. And, you know, I met her, had a quick sandwich and, you know, raced back up here to do this podcast. And, you know, as I was walking back, it was just like, man, how many people get to have lunch with their college age daughters whenever, you know, how many of them get to see their kids at age 22 years old? And, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to do that, you know, basically whenever I want, because if I'm at home, I can call them and go to dinner and do that. And to me, that's very, very important. And to me, I owe them a lot for, um, you know, supporting me through, through all this stuff. Yeah, that that's phenomenal to be able to, to go have lunch with, with your daughter whenever. Um, that's great. I just had my, my second daughter was born a week and a half ago. Uh, any advice? I have, I have two daughters now. Any advice? Hey, congratulations. Hey, hold them tight, man. They, they yeah. grow up quick, hold them tight. And you know, um, I've missed so much of their stuff due to my, my career, my wrestling, my coaching. I've missed games. I've missed dance recitals. I've missed graduations. Um, you know, whenever they ask you, on a Sunday or something, when you're laying on the couch, watching a football game, do you want to do something, jump off that couch and go do it with them? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, um, I was selfish when I was training and things like that, go play catch or kick a soccer ball or do whatever it is. And, you know, you know, it's like now they, like I said, they say, Hey, I'm free. You want to have lunch? I jump at the opportunity because mm-hmm. I missed a lot throughout their, you know, throughout their lives. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty committed now to try not to miss anything I can, uh, you know, even when it's, it's not opportune time for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, hug them tight. They grow up fast and try not to try, try to, you know, when you're available, do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. Yeah. Appreciate the advice coach. Um, all right. So let's move on to your move to Wisconsin. Um, what brought you here to Madison? Oh man, big 10, you know, the big 10, the facilities, everything about, you know, um, you know, this place, Madison, you know, it's a, it's an absolute, it's an unbelievable place to live, raise your, you know, raise the kids for what they are and, um, you know, the school is absolutely amazing. The tradition here is amazing. And then being in the big 10 conference, you, um, if you want to win a national title as a team, uh, this is the place to do it in this conference. There's not many schools that have done it outside of this conference. And, um, you know, it's, it's indescribable, um, what you can do here, how high the ceiling is. And, and, you know, when, when the job opened and, um, to me, it was very, very intriguing um, to see how far you could really take this thing uh, at being at this school. And that's what really uh, turned me on about the job is the ceiling. You know, there really was no ceiling. You can win the national championship right out of Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Barry Alvarez, the former athletic director, he was a wrestler in high school. Um, talk about talk about Barry and his legacy. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I, um, I, I, I only got to be around him. 
um, a little bit, obviously, you know, he retired, you know, this um, past summer, but every time I was around him, you know, I was engaged. I learned and um, I asked him questions and, you know, he was uh, it's amazing what, what, uh, just, just him, his, his aura, his presence around this, this building is, is absolutely amazing, but being around him for a little bit and asking him questions and hanging out with him a couple of times, uh, I would have traded that for the world. You know, there's so many people that probably would want 20 minutes of his time, but hearing his stories, he was a wrestling coach as well, too, in high school. And he was a police officer. He's got, he's got an unbelievable, um, you know, the, the amount of stories he has, even as a coach, you know, when you're like, I'm going through this, or I went through this, how would you handle this? Oh, let me tell you about a story. He goes into a story about how he handled it. And uh, it's amazing. And, you know, he's not far away, you know, so he's a great resource here. Um, you know, he's, he's amazing. And then our new athletic director is even, even just as amazing, you know, Chris McIntosh is a two-time state wrestling championship uh, champion right here in Wisconsin. Uh, you know, number one draft pick football player. He gets it. Right. He gets it. He is. He, he understands coaching. He understands athletes. He understands uh, he's going to do an amazing job here. And he's uh, I'm fired up that he's you know, he, he's my friend, you know, and uh, we can go up there and, you know, that open door is open. And um, it's, a, it's a, he's another wonderful resource to be able to, uh, you know, bounce ideas off and experiences and things like that. It's really great to have the backing by the administration for the program. Um, I know when you're at South Dakota State. Um, things weren't pretty when you got there uh, and you rose that program up to uh, top 12 teams. So um, excited to see what, what you're going to be doing here in Wisconsin. Um, I know when you first transitioned over to uh, Wisconsin, you and John reader, I think we're living in a hotel room, something like that for quite a while. Uh, talk about, sure. talk about diving into uh, you know, recruiting here in Wisconsin uh, those early days. Yeah. So, you know, those early days we were, we were in the room uh, 52 days together um, in a hotel, but you know, it, it went by quick because we got up early and we didn't come home. To, we didn't come home until real late. We basically slept there. Um, and it was, it was amazing. Right. I mean, we're, we're brothers. We're, we're, we're it doesn't matter. Um, but those days were, it was hard. It was hard. Those, uh, you know, those first couple of months were hard, you know, I, I, for anybody transitioning because you want to get, you want to, you want to make sure that you're, Current guys on the team are getting into their training. You now we had the U.S. Open coming up in three weeks after I got the job. Under U twenties, U twenty, it was a, it was a competition was going on, right? We wanted to dive in and we wanted to be able to start recruiting right away. So we're traveling all around, making sure the kids that um, signed letters of intent were still going to come. Number one, number two, getting on the young kids. You know, showing our face around the state, meeting people, going to outings. Um, you know, and, and then making sure our families were taken care of back in South Dakota with getting a home. Uh, what are our kids doing? How can I get back to see my family? And, um, it, you know, obviously I'm saying that's a lot, but every coach has transitioned from one coaching job to another knows exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, we signed up for that. So, you know, we knew it was going to be a grind. And for me, you know, and John, it was a, it was a 52 day grind until we got our families here and into our homes and, um, and, you know, things didn't settle down really, um, you know, for a good year in terms of, you know, the job and, and, and trying to figure all that stuff out too. But, um, you know, again, they're, they're, uh, we live for, we live for chaos, right? Mm -hmm. Look at, you look at our lives. We, uh, if we're, if we're, if we're getting too comfortable, we try to figure something out that's chaotic so we can, uh, we can keep moving forward. Absolutely. Um, do you want to talk about the impact that coach reader has had on you and the program? You guys have been together for quite a while now. Yeah, I know. He's the best, he's the best, you know, and, um, you know, we've got an unbelievable relationship. It's something you can't really describe. Um, but we're like-minded, you know, I mean, you know, it sounds cliche, but we can finish each other's sentences. We think the same way, 
You know, he, he's trustworthy. He's hardworking. He's uh, his integrity is through the roof. You know, and when he says he's going to do something, he gets it done. And it's it's amazing. And, um, you know, for me, I look at him as he's a role model for for me. Right. For me, for the kids, for um, for everybody. You know, we tell everybody right now, you want to be a national champion. Just go follow that guy. You know, every kid that gets here, go follow him. You know, what's he doing? To, you know, ask him, you want to work out in the morning? What are you doing tomorrow, coach? You know what I mean? Here's what I'm doing. Come along. And he always says it. Come along. You want to come along? Let's go. Or what do you need? I'll be there with you. And um, yeah, it's a it's it's an amazing relationship. It's that's awesome to be sharing this journey with him. It was awesome at South Dakota State. We celebrated so many big wins, and um, you know we've laughed together, we've cried together, we've we've um, you know we we we've been there for each other when you know family members are are passing or or things aren't going well or uh, whatever it is, whatever it is, we know that we can count on each other to do anything. And um, I think that's an unbelievable you know re relationship and. Uh, you know, it's uh, like we said, I wouldn't want to be going through this with anybody else. Yeah, he's uh, Coach Reader's such a phenomenal, inspirational guy. You know, the, his win the day tweets almost every day get you fired up. So right. uh, it'd be awesome to be around him day in and day out. Uh, I know you're a great promoter for your programs at South Dakota State. You were packing, packing their uh, facility here in Wisconsin. You're, you're seeing increasing numbers here in the field house. Um, what did you learn at South Dakota State that you brought here to Wisconsin? Well, you know, it's, it's about relationships. Everything's about relationships. And, you know, I learned that when I was selling medical devices, you know, it's the relationships with the doctors um, that get you the business. And here it's no different in our sport. It's all about relationships, right? You, you build trustworthy relationships. People will support you, um, you know, and, 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 and you know what I, I really attribute to, like, it's that stray dog. You know what I mean? You come in, you see that stray dog. They don't trust you right away. Right. They, they've heard things about you. You know, they're going to be skeptical. They've listened to other people talk about you. And um, and then all of a sudden you get to meet people and you share your vision and, you know, you, you see success. Right. Success is a big part of marketing. Right. You can market all you want, but if you don't have a good team, people aren't going to come watch you. Uh, you know what I mean? So that's why I say winning, winning is your biggest marketing tool. But I think in South Dakota State it was more about the relationships that we built. You know, we had luncheons of people. We never said no to a speaking engagement, you know, and, and it was a small community. So, you know, you'd see them at the supermarket. You'd see them at the gas station. You'd see people all the time. And that's what's cool because you could, you know, you'd see them, you know, you're at the coffee shop, you get a cup of coffee. You can spend 15 minutes with somebody. You know, here in Madison, it's, it's a little different because it's such a big place. Uh, you know, that you don't get to see the same people over and over and over again. You only see them like in a wrestling match or you only see them maybe at one of your outings or, you know, or, or, or passing by at a football game, you know. But in South Dakota State, we really developed relationships. And you know what? I, 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 I took this for granted, right? When I left South Dakota State and came here, I was like, oh, we're going to it's going to be right away. Well, you know, it has now been three years and really it hasn't because COVID really took a year and a half away from it. But it's really and things are just now starting to really fall into place in terms of boosters. And our RTC is taking off and we're having success in all different areas of our program. And I go back and I look through all my notes and I'm like, you know, it wasn't until year four at South Dakota State that we really um, had any success in any area. You know, we had our golf, first golf outing in South Dakota State. Right. I had six foursomes. You know what I mean? When I left, yeah. we had 40, we had 40 foursomes and they, the country club was telling us we couldn't have any more. And we still were the next year we had 44. You know what I'm saying? We just do it anyway. And we keep mm -hmm. bringing them in and bringing them in because we never tell, tell nobody, anybody no. And so now when I look through my notes, I'm like, year four is when it all really, and it's the same thing that's starting to happen here now. 
is now we, right? Because people, like I tell you, it's like that stray dog. Now they've been around us long enough. They see, you know, that we are working hard. They see our integrity. They see that we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we're building a program. Our, our student athletes are getting better. They're improving. Everything, you know, is, is, is on the upswing now. Um, the recruits we're bringing in and, you know, it, it takes, a, you know, I hate to say that every coach wants to win from the day they start. Every coach wants to have a million supporters from the day they start, but it just doesn't work like that. You know, you got to gain some trust and respect and, you know, we're just starting to, uh, we're able to do that. That's great. Um, so you've talked a lot about the resources that UW Madison has, you know, it's a huge benefit of being in the big 10 uh, facilities are great here in Madison. What are some of the other benefits or resources that the university provides that uh, are really beneficial to the wrestling program? Well, it's, it's the university really, really, really is um, late, you know, really cares about right, the student athlete. There is nothing that the student athlete, um, you know, the student athlete, well, that's what we're here for, right? Graduation, compete for championships and do it the right way, you know? And so really it's amazing, right? Right. So, so, so mental health has been a, is an unbelievable resource here, right? When you talk about mental health, we talk about, you know, the, the anxiety, the, the depression, things like that. But we also, what, 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 what we don't really focus on and something the university is big on too is, um, is we have a mindfulness trainer, right? Maybe your competition anxiety, you know, what are you thinking before you wrestle? You know, uh, so we have sports psychologists, we have mindfulness training. So you've got it all here, mental, um, you know, mental health. And that's a big, big issue here. And, and it's a great issue. I'm so happy that we have a ton of support for that mental health side of things because man, we're dealing with 18 year old kids and who knows, right? I mean, you know, losing a girlfriend, losing a dog, losing, uh, you know, where, where they could go being away from home, losing a wrestling match, hurting a knee. You never know where that's going to spiral to. And I'm just glad that the university, the athletic department has, you know, a ton of people in place to take care of, not your physical injuries, right? Those will heal, but mentally, um, um, on that side is a big, big resource. And then again, nutrition and, um, and, and recovery here is again, something the athletic department really, really takes care of these student athletes on, you know, um, in terms of their food and their shakes and their, uh, all that stuff is just amazing here at, at the university. And, you know, I think our nutrition program, I know our nutrition program is number one in the country. Um, and then you throw in the recovery, right? Um, you know, you go down in our training room, the, the underwater, you know, jogging tanks and the cold plunges and the hot tubs and the recovery boots and, you know, the university, the athletic department spares no expense on recovery. And, um, you know, those are kind of just three of the things that, you know, really uh, sticks out in my mind that our guys really, really take advantage of is nutrition recovery and that mental health side of things again. Um, and, and I say mental health and people tend to shy away from that subject a little bit, you know, because nobody mm -hmm. wants to admit I got anxiety or I got depression, but that aside, it's also more of the, you know, how can I think better thoughts before I wrestle or when I, when I'm out on the mat, you know, I was like, you know, what am I thinking and, and things like that. So it's two kind of different components there, um, but both very, very important in, um, you know, in, in young, 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 young people's lives. Yeah. I think back to my time uh, competing, I never competed at a high level in wrestling. I was a four-year starter in high school, but um, didn't make state or anything like that. But I know if I would have had some training uh, on the mental health side, the sports psychology side, it would have helped a lot. So uh, awesome that, that your athletes are uh, utilizing that stuff. All right. So now I want to talk about recruiting. Uh, one of your big, one of your big uh, jobs here in Wisconsin is to essentially sell uh, student athletes to come to, to Madison. Uh, Wisconsin's near the top, usually in college town rankings and stuff like that. Why do you think that is and what makes Madison special? 
Well, first off, it's, it's, it's beautiful, right? Year round, you know, even in the winter, it's, it's amazing. There's so many things to do, whether it's a spring, summer, winter. Um, it's an amazing town, right? It's, you know, there, there's, I mean, I, I can't even, you can fish, you can drive five miles and you're out in the woods hunting. You can, you know, there's something for everybody. You know, and that's, you know, whether, I mean, I can't even, whether you want to play video games, whether you want to go laser, there's something for everybody in this town, um, number one to do. And number two, right, the beauty, our campus is the most beautiful campus I've ever seen. You know, I mean, in between those two lakes, it's just, it's just breathtaking, right? And then you talk about, you know, the number one sports, college sports town in America, right? I mean, you see our basketball games, our hockey matches, our soccer games, you know, forget football, put football aside. We know what that's about. You know, but I mean, everything else, I mean, walking into a, you know, a women's hockey game is amazing. You know, going to watch the women's softball team play is amazing. It's a party, you know, going out, watching our women, you know, sold out, uh, you know, um, field house to watch our, 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 our volleyball team is amazing. You know, so in terms of a sports town, if you're into that college sports, there is no better place to be, you know, and, and then you throw in just how, again, how beautiful it is and how, how much there's, there's always something to do um, outside of, 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 of wrestling and outside of going to school here. Uh, it's crazy. And then you throw in the education, right? I mean, how can we forget about that? You know, this place is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not nationally known. This W is worldwide. You know what I mean? I mean, worldwide, people come here from all over the world to go to school at the University of Wisconsin. And um, the education is second to none. The campus is second to none. And, um, you know, it's it's breathtaking. And if people are listening, have never seen this place. Um, you got to get here and you got to check it out. And, you, and then you got to go to one of our college sporting events. And um, I think that any and anybody that does that will be a fan of this place. Absolutely. I mean, you, you see a Badger football program on national TV. People don't realize we have Lake Monona, Lake Mendota, the whole isthmus there. It's, it's unreal. Um, such a beautiful place to you. Uh, what does it mean to be a Wisconsin Badger? Well, to me, um, you know, well, first off, it's, it's an honor, right? It's, um, it's something that I will, um, right. It's something that is a, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to be a Wisconsin Badger, something I would never take for granted. You know, there were so many people that would want to be in my shoes right now just to, to be uh, a Wisconsin Badger. And I tell our athletes that right now, there are so many people that would want to be in your shoes, putting that W on their chest. And there's so many people, I mean, think about the people that don't even get into school here. I don't know the number, mm -hmm. but the, 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 what, what, what someone would give to be a, just a student here is amazing. So for mm -hmm. me to be a Badger, you know, is it, it's about honor. It's about integrity. It's about doing the right thing, right? It's our hustle, effort, attitude, and everything you do in life. And um, that's, that's something that we, we really want to, um, you know, associate our program with and, you know, to be a Badger, that's what that means to me. Great. Um, I know uh, the high school wrestling scene in Wisconsin is, is increasing. It's getting better. Um, I know you recruit both in-state and out-of-state athletes, obviously. Um, what do you look for in recruit? Well, we look first off, right, you know, you got to look at the academic side of things. Um, you you got to be motivated academically. You know, you can't just think you're going to walk in here and be a national champ without getting through um, without getting through school. So the first thing we do look at is academics, you know, and obviously their wrestling skills turn us on to them. But then the first thing we say is what's their transcripts look like, you know, and then what we also look at is, is, is how much do you compete? We want we like people that want to compete. And I think that's a big thing, even if you're out there running. You know, you do you compete? You know, are you OK letting someone pass you up the last half mile? You know, so when we recruit a lot in person, um, we, we really study how somebody warms up, how somebody cools down. You know, what do they do after the match? Do they throw a temper tantrum. 
right? Or do they get right into their cool down or, you know, they, are they, so, so we look a lot like that when we're recruiting, but also you got to be a really good person. We want to be around good people, right? I love coming to work because we're surrounded by great people and great kids, you know? And then the last thing is, is we don't want to babysit kids, right? We don't want to have to go knock on your dorm room to get you out of bed to come to practice, right? You got to be motivated. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to want to be the best version of yourself every single day. And when we find kids like that, man, it, it's it's a it's a it's a sprint, right? It's a we're we're on them like a dog on a bone, and um, you know, because it's kind of hard to find all those qualities in one one person. And when we do, it's it's um it's game on. And you know what? We we've been doing that for four years here now, three years, um, and we've got some wonderful wonderful kids that we absolutely love. And uh, you know, we can't wait we can't wait to see them. You know, in twenty five years from now, what kind of um, you know fathers and husbands and um, you know and people they turn out to be. You know, the first person that comes to mind when you're, you're talking about that is former uh, number one ranked wrestler in the country, Braxton Amos. Um, can you talk about what it was like getting that commitment from him? Yeah, I, you know what, what? What we're proud about is, is we did everything we could to get that kid, right? We have so many, you know, we have seven, you know, contacts. We can actually do them. We, we used all seven of our contacts. You know, we knew he was special. And what do I mean? But I don't mean wrestling. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care about his wrestling accolades. He's a special kid. Um, you know, the way he treats people, the, the, the way he treats his parents, the way he's loved by other people. You know, when we went to his high school and guidance counselors are hugging him and teachers are loving on him, right? That's, there's something special. That means he's treating them right. That means he's, there's something, there's something right about that. Right. Then you throw in there that he's that he's the best wrestler in the country, right? It's, it's, it's like, man, this is, uh, this is, this is, this is hitting the lottery. You know, and so he is a special, special person. You know, I encourage everybody to get to know him on, on that level, not just as the wrestler that he is, because he is um, he's even a better person than he is a wrestler. Uh, and it's um, so so once we talked to him and once we you know established that relationship, it was like, man, you know, this is this is our guy. This is what I want. You know, this is what we, we want out of everybody. This kid is going to come to Madison. And he's going to, you know, be a, be a, a program changer, the culture of our program, heck the culture, you know, he's going to, he's going to change, he could change the university, you know, and, and he's that kind of kid. So um, to get that commitment, man, I'll never forget it. We were at, um, you know, we were at his high school, I was at his high school football game and it was getting, you know, it was our last visit, last thing we could do. And, you know, when we went out there, um, you know, he, uh, he committed on a scoreboard, right. He already had a, I don't know if it was a, uh, I forget if it was pre-recorded or he put a hat on or something like that on the field. And, you know, right then it was, um, you know, it brought tears to my eyes that, um, you know, we, we were able to bring this kid to, uh, to Madison. That's, that's phenomenal. I'm so happy to see, see him in Madison and uh, what he's done before he's even put that Badger singlet on is phenomenal. You know, junior freestyle world champion, he got a, a bronze medal on Greco, a double medal in one, in one weekend is, is phenomenal. So, Excited to see him with that motion W. Um, you know, we're now in an age where uh, name, image, and likeness is part of college sports. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's wonderful, right? I think these kids, you know, can do, you know, do 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 what they want now. I mean, go make go make some money if they can make some money. The problem is, you know, that I see is is you know everybody thinks they're going to make millions or hundreds of thousands, right? And it's not going to be like that. There's going to be a few that can do that in the bigger sports, but. You know, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I see kids chasing it. You know what I mean? I see kids chasing, um, you know, whatever, whatever they're chasing, selling T-shirts and getting free product and, you know, things like that. You know, whereas I think that they need to 
once they start winning and once they start getting on national championship teams, I think all that's going to come right in our sport. And, you know, I love it. Football can, you know, be sponsored by barbecue restaurant. I think it's great. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's awesome to see, you know, our offensive line in a, in a commercial for a, a barbecue joint. You know, it's great. It's great for these kids to be able to, you know, get free meals and do this and that they deserve it. Um, the people that see that and they're like, they don't deserve it. They don't see the work that these kids do and the suffering and, um, and, and, and the, and the lack of, you know, I mean, I don't want to say that because our kids eat well and they, they do that, but we're not, a um, you know, some of them suffer, walk-ons suffer, walk-ons are paying their own way, walk-ons are, you know, if someone like that gets a, gets an NLI deal where they can take care of their schooling or they can eat and do that. Um, I mean, I love it. I think it's great for these kids. And, um, you know, I just, the way they go about it, I hope they go about it the right way. And, um, and, and every single one of them, I hope every single athlete in this country can, um, can, can get something that betters their lives. That would be amazing. Yeah. It does bring a different perspective on, on coaching, I guess. Um, that's probably something you never really thought you'd, you'd be dealing with. Um, but it, it is exciting for, for people to have the opportunity to, to make a little money. Just, let's just hope everybody stays focused on, on yeah, the task right. ahead that's, of them. There you go. That's true. <laughs> yep. All right. So I'm going to transition here to the hundred mile run. Um, both you and, and coach reader recently completed a hundred mile run. Uh, it was phenomenal, uh, following along in the journey, your training sessions, um, breaking a couple treadmills. It sounds like, um, let's talk about the, the deep connection you made to coach reader, uh, through that process. Well, I'll tell you, we've talked a lot about this and every time you talk about it, it, um, it makes you appreciate him a little more too. And what, what, it, what, what really happened was, and the reason why we were able to finish was you go from thinking about you, right. To thinking about the guy you're with. And so you're not, you know, you're not going to leave your brother behind when you're feeling good. I was more concerned about him than I was about myself. And, you know, if I, if I thought about myself at that time, I probably would have quit. Right. When I saw a pack of fluid on my, you know, on my leg and when I looked out of my knee and it was, you know, the size of a basketball, but I wasn't concerned about me. I was concerned about him because he thought, you know, thought his shins were broken and he's throwing up and he's cramping up, but it was, I had, I had to worry about my buddy. You know, I had to make sure my buddy was okay. And I think that that, when you start diving that deep into, um, you know, being selfless and really thinking about, you know, this is, this is, your, this is your, your guy, this is your number one, your ride or die. Right. And, and, um, we just, we just had some serious moments out there, um, you know, guy to guy, friend to friend, brother to brother that really drew us close, you know, like, man, you, you know, I mean, a lot of it was when we kind of, I mean, it was everything. It was pulling each other out of the gutter, you know, to get going. It was yelling at each other a little bit. And then it was like, man, we're going to do this. And we did it together, you know. And so there were so many moments out there that, um, you know, we, 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 we connected on a different level. And, you know, and it's something no one can ever take away from us and something that, you know, it will be, you know, him and I, the rest of our lives together, we can talk about. Yeah. The, uh, so the hundred mile run actually came through my hometown of Monroe. Um, I know oh, all right. um, yeah, man, they had a great age station. That's awesome. Uh, wrestling changed my life. You were talking about it on there uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I think the concrete part of it was down in my hometown. We had some construction going around out there. That's but, it. Was that, that was the Hills. I was coming down the Hills right there. So yeah. is, Mon, is, is Monroe like, um, is Monroe about three miles from Dots Tavern? Yeah. Uh, no, um, Monroe is oh. actually closer to the border of Illinois. So it was the other way. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. Um, 
You want to talk about some of the struggles, like some of the bigger moments on, on the run uh, that you went through? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where to begin because there was a lot of them. You know, mm-hmm. mile 30 was a big moment when, um, you know, we kind of let our let our, let our our mentor get away from us. And it was just him and I, John and I, and we were ter- feeling terrible. Um, you know, that was a big moment. Like, I don't know if we can do this, you know, and um, and that's when we we made it. We, we, we made it um, to Dots Tavern. And then we started coming back and that was the first time we were able to at mile 40 was the first time we were able to like to see our wives and kids. And, and it was, it was, it was like a huge pick me up for us, but that was a struggle. Um, and then when I first realized for me personally, um, when I first realized how I looked down and I was bleeding very, very bad, you know, from my waist down and I was like, this isn't good. And, you know, I, 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 I didn't, you know, put enough lube and things like that throughout the race. Um, that was another, and that, and that was like it. I don't know, 45, 50 miles was was when it got really bad, um, in terms of you know the blood, blood, the the bleeding and everything. You know now my shorts are sticking to me, um, and things like that. But a lot of my bad moments um, were when John was bad because I was worried about him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so when uh, you know in that middle of the night, you know when his wife was with us, that was bad. That was that was the what that was the worst stretch. Mile seventy to eighty was was the worst stretch because it was dark. We had no lights, and I couldn't keep up. Right, uh, you know, walking and jogging with these guys, but John kind of couldn't stand up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was going, he was going, but it was it was it was wobbling and weirding and dipping and diving and grabbing them, and you know what I mean. And I could see it all, but I couldn't catch up. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, if he goes down, it's over. We're over. And so I had to think about that, but I couldn't get there. Uh, you know, I couldn't move. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. So it was, it was, it was tough. It was, um, it, it was tough. And then, you know, towards the end, trying to eat and stuff was almost impossible. Um, you know, and then, and then the aftermath, right. No one really talks about, I think the toughest part of the whole thing was after the race, you know, the next day of, 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 uh, you know, not knowing what our bodies, you know, I didn't know my, I honestly had no idea my body was going to be like that. You know, I'd never, you know, I couldn't walk, you know, I couldn't walk. And I had a fever for, you know, three, four days as my body was trying to fight. I was scared. I was scared. Obviously you think you got COVID, you know, you know, number one and number two, you think that you're, you know, a little rab though, your urine's dark Brown, you know, you're like, wow, when do I go to the hospital here? Mm-hmm. And luckily I had a lot of good advice. You know, our mentor Pete stayed there for another day with us and I hung out with him the whole day. And he's like, listen, we got to get in the hot tub. We got to get in the cold tub. And, it, and, and it was amazing. Right. It was like almost recovery. You know what I mean? The next day I was walking and, um, but it, it, you know, you know, brings tears to my eyes to this day. It was an unbelievable experience. Uh, the pain and the suffering, the shared suffering you were with someone, uh, with, and with, with, with hundred and some other people sharing the same pain is, um, it's very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The, the mentality it takes to, to not only sign up to do it, but to go through with it, um, is phenomenal. I mean, it sounded like you had to do down back, down back on, no, your, on the just, path. What would we go? Down back, down, down back, okay. down. Okay, so that last turn had to be really tough to to get through. Well, the last turn. Oh no, no, yeah. So mile seven. That was mile seventy. Okay. So we had thirty. We had about thirty-one miles back because of that detour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually ran like one hundred one point four. So it was that mm-hmm. was um. But that last that last seventy. And like I said. For me, my men, you know, my mentality, I didn't think anything different. I, I, I said this many, many times is when I hit mile 70, it was over. We're, we were completing it. 
We only mm-hmm. got to go back. We just ran 70 miles. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I looked at John. It was, it was, it was, it was very, very bad in him. And then when we came to that aid station at mile 70, it was like a war zone. People throwing up, people laying down, you know, moaning, you know, people have their feet in there getting rubbed. I'm like, what is going on? How mm-hmm. they're not getting back out there. You know what I mean? I was like, this is, you know, I was like, and what I found out was, you know, obviously that was the starting line too. Right. That was, that was mile zero. And then that was mile 70. And so a lot, that's where everybody quits because their cars are there. There's a lot of food there. There's a lot, you know, you can have a beer and um, like, I didn't know that. And I'm glad I didn't know that, you mm-hmm. know, and I keep saying the unknowns of this whole race is what got me through it. Right. All I was told was start here and go run hundred miles. Right. And if you know me, I'm really good at when someone tells me to do something, I might bitch and complain and whine and do but when they say do it and go here go there go i'm gonna do it mm-hmm. um at, at all costs and for me i didn't i didn't know you you know if you're gonna quit you do it at mile 70 you know what i mean because your car is there and you can be done and um so so mile 70 when we made that turn man i was juiced i was singing songs i was um you know i think i changed a shirt you know I, I felt i felt i didn't feel good but mentally i felt great mm-hmm. and i think you know what i think when I think about all this in this race, mentally, I was there 90% of the time. And I think that really got me through it. It was just like, I, physically, you couldn't do it. Like, come on, put your foot up over that curb. And I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mentally, I, mentally, there was no, we were not stopping. I mean, it was already, it was made up. We are not stopping. But it got scary because it was going to the point where I cannot lift my feet up. You know, my knee, I can't do, I can't bend my leg anymore. I can't bend over. I physically, and, 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 and you might, people might say he's full of crap. He's at, and I'm telling you, I could not bend over to tie my shoe or untie it. You know what I mean? I could not bend my leg. I, trying to put my butt to my heel was like, there was no way that was happening. But mentally, it was like, I gotta, I'm going to finish. I'm going to do this. I'm just, you know, and I was always good mentally. I never really got too, um, I didn't really, I saw some things a couple of times that weren't really there. You know, I mean, I wasn't really ever dizzy, but it was, uh, you know, I, I wasn't there for a little bit, which was, I think, good. But, um, uh, you know. Yeah, a life-changing experience for sure. Sure. Yeah, and I know you talked on Wrestling Changed My Life about um, it kind of changed your perspective on life. Can you talk about, Man, about that? did it ever. Did it ever. You know, just, you know, being, just stopping and, and, and enjoying the little things. I've always been the guy that is, what's next? Right. And I look back at my life, man, and I've, I've missed some wonderful times because when it's happened, I've moved to the next thing already. Right. So for me now, um, it's like the little things really, really, you know, you know, and it's not that I've consciously thought about this. It's just, it's just the little things now for me are, are I stop and smell the roses. You know what I mean? When that sun's got, I pull over on the side of the road now for five minutes and watch the sun come up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Or if I'm watching the sunset, I'll stop. I will stop and watch the sun go down, you know, because it's, 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 it's those things. And, 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 and the thoughts you have while that's going on, man, they've ranged, they've ranged from, um, you know, seeing my team win a national title to watching my daughter someday get married to watching them graduate to, you know, sitting with my wife when we're old and great, right. The things of, you know, being with my family, it, it, my, my parents, it, the things that have the thoughts I've had in these little moments have been, stuff I've never thought about. And it's, um, you know, is it the race? Uh, you know, is it a perspective of, you know, we we're going to do this until we died. And I was willing to die to finish, 
You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's changed me in, uh, in, in, in a way that I, I really enjoy, you know, because I'm enjoying some things that I never really would have. Right. All right. So let's do some rapid fire questions about Wisconsin. I got three questions for you. Um, first thing that comes to mind, what's your favorite restaurant in the greater Madison area? Innovino. All right. Uh, what's your favorite local event here in Wisconsin? The Ironman Triathlon. Awesome. Finally, uh, where's your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin besides the wrestling room and the field house? My favorite place to hang out. Well, I do like hanging out on the terrace. Um, mm -hmm. I like hanging out at three foot Bay on the, on the, on the lake. Um, but most of all, I like sitting in my backyard. Now I've got a hot tub and I've got a, I've got a nice porch and a TV out there. And, uh, you know, when that sun's rising in the morning, that's my go-to. That's awesome. All right. Final question for you, coach. Um, when all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Oh, well, I just want to leave behind that, you know, people will, um, first of all, say that nobody outworked this guy, you know, and I want to make sure that they say that he was a caring person. Um, you know, I've got a reputation out there being, you know, hard and this and that, but the people that really know me, I want to make sure that they, they can spread the word that I love my, I, I love my kids. Right. I love these guys. I love I love the, everybody on my team. And I want, you know, hopefully everybody knows that I was willing to do anything for anybody to help them accomplish their goals. And um, and, and that we did it the right way, um, you know, and that, you know, I gave my best hustle, effort and attitude in every area of my life. And, um, and I let the chips fall wherever and that nobody in this world enjoyed life more than me. That's that's what I, I'm striving for. That's great. Well, Coach, I appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for coming on to Wisco Legacy. Thanks. All right, you got it, brother. Anytime.